Let's Go State, the official podcast of Penn State Athletics. Now, from Happy Valley, here's your host, Brian Tripp. Hello and welcome to another episode of Let's Go State, the official podcast of Penn State Athletics. I'm Brian Tripp, your host. What a great guest list we have for you here over the next couple of weeks as Penn State and the entire country celebrate 50 years of Title IX. As we'll talk to each of the nine female head coaches here at Penn State. And those nine head coaches, that's the most of any athletic department in the entire country. So first up, and we've grouped these coaches into sets of three, Charmorette Curtis, the head coach of the Penn State field hockey team, the head coach of the Penn State softball team, Clarissa Crowell, and the head coach of the Penn State Lady Lion basketball team, Carolyn Keeger. Those three coaches, an awesome interaction about their history, how they got involved in college athletics, and what Title IX means to them, how they serve as mentors for young women today and leaders within the Penn State community. You'll really enjoy this conversation. It's the first in a series of podcasts this year, and our first guests again, Charmorette Curtis of Penn State Field Hockey, Clarissa Crowell from Penn State Softball, and from the Penn State Lady Lions head coach, Carolyn Keeger, the first three guests in this great sequence of podcasts here on Let's Go State, the official podcast of Penn State Athletics. Coaches, thank you so much for being here today. What a special year this is to celebrate 50 years of Title IX. Yeah, absolutely. We're excited to be here, and uh, let's see what we all have to say about the history, and let's see what we can look forward to in the future. Well, I know the first thing, it's such a loaded question to ask, but as three females who've played college sports, now you're coaches, and Shar, you're the dean of the college coaches at Penn State now, so I'll start with you. That's bad. Is it possible to describe the impact that athletics has had on your life and your career? Yeah, you know, just thinking about the impact athletics has had on my life uh, and the impact that Penn State University has had on my life. I, I never would have been here had it not been for my athletic career, you know, growing up in a small town, Alden, going to, you know, a small high school, playing, a, I'm sure, a plethora of sports and just having the opportunity to come to Penn State on a scholarship back in 75 when really Penn State was one of the few schools that were offering scholarships to women. Because my, my family, we would never have been able to afford it. I'm one of seven. My dad worked in the Arco refinery. And so it's six of seven, first to go to college. So grateful for Penn State that, uh, you know, they were able to make that happen for me. Coach C, you want to jump off that next and tell us a little bit about your journey, your background? Yes, absolutely. So, um, you know, for me, athletics has just been, it's, it's kind of helped me define who I am. And I, similar story to, to Shar, I grew up in Hawaii. And um, when, when I was in sixth grade, my dad got, was in the military and got stationed in Washington, D.C. So we moved, you know, we moved to the east. And um, I was very different than a lot of people. Um, I, to be honest, I, I kind of got picked on and just kind of made fun of just because of I was just different than, the, than everybody else. And so for me, you know, athletics, I was always good at athletics, and it was something that kind of helped me to find my way to, to fit in. Um, and it helped me just throughout the, uh, the course of my life that it helped me to find confidence in myself as a person, um, and it helped me to find my voice. And similar to Shar, there's no way I would have been able to go to college if it wasn't for my scholarship. I'm a first-generation uh, college student in my family, and, and that was always the goal was to, you know, I'm going to go... I'm going to go play college athletics, and I've had a great support system with my family. And um, so, yeah, athletics is, has had a significant and profound impact on my life. 
Coach Kieger, a four-year standout at Marquette before you became a, a head coach yourself. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your journey as well? Well, first, I just want to say I'm one of seven as well, so I'd like a Char, Carolyn, family, household uh, competition. Um, no, but I, I think the thing that I would say what sport and athletics has done for me specifically is just help me become a confident, strong a woman who likes to pay it forward and inspire others because I've had amazing mentors in my life, whether they've been coaches or teammates. And I think it's, it's brought me to this point of my life where it's crazy how a little round ball can travel you a, across the world and uh, you meet new amazing people along, along the journey and um, it, it helps with equality, teaches you diversity, teaches you competitiveness. Um, you name it, I am who I am today be, because of sport. Shar, I mentioned that you're the dean of the coaches here at Penn State. Can you take us back to the 70s when you began as a player and just what the landscape was like then and paint it for us? Yeah, it was uh, just very different because you didn't really have the facilities. But really, coming to Penn State, I was just grateful for the fact that they really kept the men's and women's programs in perspective. We had Marty Adams, Della Durant, um, Ellen Perry, who really, you know, paved the way for the women to have these opportunities. Uh, Jillian Rattray was my coach. She was a British woman, and she was just feisty as could be. If the guys were getting something, we were getting something. They were getting training table, we were getting training table. So, you know, I think just seeing these women to fight for these opportunities for all of us um, was just, you know, something that you didn't realize at the time how meaningful it was because I don't think the athletes today realize that getting a scholarship was very unique very special, very rare. Today, they've got a number of colleges that can offer these types of scholarships. So just the fact that you still even had like a Jim Tarman, Joe Paterno, Tim Curley, those guys were also as athletic directors fighting for women to uh, be competitive on the playing field and trying to make things, uh, you know, as just well-funded as they were for everybody here. That's what I loved about my experience at Penn State. Uh, you know, we, like, like I said, we had the training table, everybody would interact with each other, each other uh, as athletes. So I think that, you know, that was something that I feel like we're sort of separating a little bit today because everybody's so specialized. Mm -hmm. Having the opportunity to play two sports, obviously that really helped as well. Yeah, you played lacrosse and field yeah. hockey. Yeah, because your, your, your field hockey season was 10 games and yeah. your lacrosse <laughs> season was 10 games. And now you're getting 20 games in one season. You, you know? scored a lot of goals for 10 games there. <laughs> I just want to say thank you because Shar's naming off all of these people who helped pave the way and, and she is actually one of those people who who helped pave the way and you know obviously I'm, I'm relatively new here to Penn State but the one thing is I think our, our, our female coaches here are incredible they're so supportive and I think that's something that's extremely special about what we have here at Penn State I know that when I first arrived I mean, they were texting me, you know, we were finding ways to meet, whether it was on Zoom. Um, but yeah, Shar, Shar, when I hear that, you know, that's immediately what comes to mind is just thank you because you are that person. So for us. What is that relationship like, Coach Keeger, between the female head coaches at Penn State? I mentioned right at the top, nine, very unique, the most in the country. What is that relationship like? It's really unique, but empowering. I think, you know, for us, we, we have a, a great relationship. One of my favorite moments at Penn State uh, so far has been 
um, you know, a night when we all got together and just picked each other's brains and, and helped each other out. And, um, you know, we go through so many challenges that, that you want to have people around you that support you. You know, athletics teaches you how to fail and it teaches you how to succeed. And you need the right people in your corner when both of those happen to keep you grounded, to keep you humble, to keep you focused. And uh, I feel very blessed to be around amazing young, you know, women that we teach and we coach every day, but more importantly, to have mentors that, that I can lean on and I can learn from and trailblazers and, and people who want the same things we're trying to accomplish for Penn State. And we're all on the same page and we're all trying to do the exact same thing, which is elevate young women and, and win championships here at Penn State. Well, for you, who were some of the mentors growing up that you idolized, whether it was as an athlete or when you aspired to be a coach? Yeah, I mean, the first one that comes to my mind is, is my father. Um, he was my, my first coach. Uh, I played um, with a big family, every sport possible you could think of. Um, back then, they, for, for females uh, in the summer, they just had slow-pitch softball. And my dad uh, saw it with my sisters and knew that probably wasn't going to be for me. So <laughs> he put me in baseball with the guys, and he was uh, my coach. And I played with the guys all the way up until high school. And so I was always playing, uh, you know, Little League, Babe Ruth, AAU basketball at the same times, and they were driving me everywhere. But he was my first coach. He motivated me, mentored me, and inspired me. And I think at 12 years old, I knew right then and there that that's what I wanted to do with my life. Yeah, you know, just thinking about all the people that I had in, in my life growing up, the one thing is I didn't really have a lot of female coaches in my life, you know. And um, when I look back on it, I, I kind of think to myself, why not? Where were the females when I was growing up? However, I was so fortunate to have great men um, in my life and great coaches who were, who were males. And, and like Keegs, the first thing is my dad. My dad's been my coach since I started playing um, sports when I was probably seven uh, years old. Funny story is I actually, so I'm from Hawaii and it's every, it's every family's dream that your daughter goes and becomes a hula dancer. Um, I did that for maybe a month and then my parents realized that that was not gonna be my calling in life. But uh, yeah, so ever since uh, then, my dad's been my number one coach, my number one fan, and my biggest supporter. And, and I would have to also say just my, my travel ball coach, um, Dennis Brady, you know, he was, he was incredible. Um, my dad was in the service, so Mr. Brady was actually the one, Coach Brady, who took me on my recruiting visits because my dad was gone a lot. Um, but anyways, as far as my coaching career, I, I coached travel ball when I was in college, and I was doing lessons and running camps. and. And I loved it, you know, and I always thought and I still think it that the second best thing to playing the game is to be able to coach it. And I'm the type of person where once I have a plan, I'm going to create a plan and I'm, I'm going to I'm going to accomplish the goal. And my junior year in college was when I said, you know what, I want to coach. And I that was basically it for me. And, you know, I worked to get to grad school because I knew I wanted to start. I wanted to get my graduate degree and I wanted to start coaching. Um, and that was it. So my junior year was, was really when I said, this is what I want to do. So shout out to all the girl dads out there. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Char, when did you know that you wanted to get into coaching? Uh, when I was playing U.S. field hockey and we were training for the, um, the Olympics in 1980, I remember one of our teammates got hired at Lehigh to coach. And she was the first full-time female coach field hockey lacrosse coach that I knew of and she was 
full-time making $10,000. And I was like, wow, I, I, I want to do that. Like $10,000, <laughs> that's amazing. Like, so that's really what I want to do. But, you know, similar to my father wasn't so much my role model. My older brother, you know, having five brothers and really learning. Uh, my brother would take me to the elementary school with all his friends. He was about eight years older than me. And he would you know, have me with all his guy friends in the gym at night. And I, he'd get me out there in between games and I'd come home. My dad would say, well, what did you learn today? And I said, well, I learned how to get the ball to my left hand. I learned how to shoot a bank shot. And I learned a whole new vocabulary. Uh, <laughs> the guys were just like, Charlie, don't bring your little sister, you know. Um, but, you know, I was fortunate that I had three women in my high school. Um, Joan Broderick, Nancy Porter, and Rita Carson, who really mentored me in field hockey, basketball, and lacrosse. And they were the ones that got me through these camps where I was seen by Jillian Rattray and the ones that pushed me to go to college. And this would be an opportunity for me to get a great education and obviously get a scholarship and get to Penn State. Coach C and Coach Keegs, I think for this discussion, you said that you didn't have a lot of female coaches growing up or female mentors even in sports. Do you feel responsibility then today as a female head coach to be someone that can be a model to these young women that you impact every day, that you can be in these leadership positions? And look at Penn State, to have Sandy Barber as the outgoing athletic director, to have Lynn Holleran in a position of power in the athletic department. Do you feel some responsibility there? Yeah, I think, first off, I. I may not have had a lot of female coaches in my time, but I had a lot of female mentors, um, starting with my mother. And my mom was, uh, she's pretty special, you know, and in my family, there were so many strong women who, that I've been surrounded by my entire life. So I definitely, um, you know, it doesn't have to be a coach, but my mom is, has been my inspiration for a long time. Kind of makes me emotional thinking about that. But as far as, um, being here at Penn State and, and being able to be fortunate enough to to be a leader of women is I think it's I think it's amazing. I don't I don't there's nothing else that I would want to do other if, if somebody were to ask me what's your dream job, I'm living it. You know, I get to I get to be in this incredible world with these amazing people and I get to I get to empower and help young women build confidence in themselves and I think we can all say that that's probably that's probably why we do what we do. You know, we love the games that we coach, but at the end, we love the, the impact, or I love, and I know we all love, being able to just serve as a role model and a mentor for, for our, our former student-athletes and, and our current student-athletes. And I think, you know, lots of times they not may see what we're doing in the moment, but one of my goals as a coach is that if one day they leave the program and they, you know, we have that conversation about coach, now I get it. You know, and because sometimes you don't always know with all of them it, while they're there that you had the impact. But anytime in the past that I've gotten that text from that, from the player who's graduated from my program, you know, that those are the little things about coaching that I absolutely love. Keys, you're laughing. So you've had some of those conversations. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. Absolutely. Uh, well, I think similar to Shar, my first like real female coaches were in high school. So through the grassroots and, and growing up, um, th there wasn't a, a lot of females. And even now, you know, I look at the AAU circuit and I don't know what, what your guys' is, um, is like for the, the youth teams, but there's not a lot of females out there um, in the grassroots level. And that's something that I know our sport is, is trying to work on and trying to change and advocate for and educate. Uh, but when it goes back to what our role is as, as coaches, 
you know, the ball's going to stop bouncing someday. So we want them to be able to not only own the court, but own a room and have their shoulders back and be confident and share their opinions and uh, be unapologetic about what they believe in and fight for the right cause and uh, own a courtroom, own an operating room, whatever it might be, and, and still be able to have um, a strong family. And I, I just think at the end of the day, that's really why we're in it. And, and then in the process, you win games and, and you build programs, and, but you're impacting lives. And I know all of us had amazing mentors in our life that did it for us. And our hope is that our young women do it for other young women and it just continues. And you know, 50 years from now, we're, we're not even talking about this because it's just so uh, equal and, and so across the board that we don't even have to have these conversations anymore. Why do you feel like there aren't many female coaches at the grassroots or the youth level? And how do you get that change? How do you make it happen? You know, that, that's a great question. I think there's a lot of reasons. Um, I, I think, you know, it, before it was a lot of the times, you know, the, the women were, were raising the families and, you know, were at home with, with, with the kids. And, um, you know, the husbands or, or the males were able to go out and do extracurricular activities. And I think that's changing a little bit now. But... Um, my hope is that, you know, our teams and bring their families with them and, and kind of do both and have a career and raise a family and be able to coach on the side. But um, I think there just needs to be more opportunities. There needs to be more education. And we as women need to get out there and, and, and fight for opportunities and take them when they arise. Yeah, just off of that, to put it into perspective, when, when, when I came here to Penn State, my staff and I said, OK, here's 35 coaches who we, we want to contact, you know, whether they're in the region or um, just in the state of Pennsylvania. And when I looked at the list, I remember telling Stephanie, my assistant, I said, there are four women's names on this list. And that really put things into perspective for me. You know, it's one of those things that we know that it's a thing, but seeing that list, I could not believe it. And I told Stephanie at that time, I said, we really need to make sure that as coaches, as college coaches, that when we go out, that we are supporting all of the female coaches that are out there. Um, I do think a lot of women start coaching and they get out of it for various reasons, such as raising a family. But I also think sometimes women are treated a little differently. Um, a lot of them are not necessarily a part of the good old boy network. I don't know how it is in, in, in your all sports. And I think that that can be challenging. And I know that because I've talked to some female coaches about it. Like, why are there not more of us. So for me, I try to do my part in just making sure that, you know, for instance, there's a coach in Virginia who asked me, hey, coach, can you come work this camp that we're, that I'm putting on? Absolutely. Because that's my way to, to show that I'm going to go in and I'm going to go support that coach. So I think it's, I hope it's something that changes. And I hope that, you know, as coaches, we're a part of our job. I love when our, our kids want to coach. I, I absolutely love it. And I'm hoping that, you know, if we can develop leaders and, and potential coaches, that more of our female athletes will get out there and start coaching. Char, what is that dynamic like in field hockey? You know, really being pretty much a female sport, you know, came across from, you know, England to brought by Constance Appleby. So it's been a female sport for a long time. But Catch-22 with our sport is we need the men to play. Um, it, it's great, some of them coaching, but we need to develop the men's team to challenge the women so on the international level so that we can be successful at the Olympic level. And, but I would say that in our sport, there are um, predominantly female coaches. 
and I think they've done a great job. There, there are so many that have done an outstanding job at the youth level. Like you need those grassroots kids playing, and there are a lot of former players that are coaching the youth programs here in our hometown. Uh, Shell Tambroni and Sharon Herlocker, two of my former players, they run the youth program here, and they've like built it into the hundreds, which is just great and gratifying and just so meaningful to me. And to see their daughters going out to college, and the one plays for me, uh, Maddie Tambroni and little Phoebe, her locker's gonna go to Drexel. So that pays off. And, and then you sort of have like my friends when I was in college, you know, they appreciated what we did playing field hockey and lacrosse, but now they're having daughters, you know, and like, yeah, so now you really want, you know, to talk to me about how we can help your daughter develop skills and opportunities to get those uh, scholarship offers and that type of thing. So, you know, we, we do have, I would say, a probably maybe like just 10% of the males that are coaching and they all do a great job. What's it like when you bring a former student athlete back to be a part of your staff? Oh my gosh, I, I am so blessed. Um, I have two, mm -hmm. Lisa Love, uh, whose daughter plays for us and Laura Gephardt joined us this past year. So um, it's just, they get me, they know me. So, you know, they can always like sort of temper whatever may be going on at practice or, you know, you might not like what she has to say, but, you know, she cares about it and she's going to be honest. Um, you know, this is what she's done for us and our teammates. And look, this is what, you know, Penn State Field Hockey can do for you. The beauty of having LB and Laura work with me as well, not only just they know me, they know my style, they, they know the game. They have each gone out and learned other aspects of the game. So I sort of, you know, can be uh, overlooking and just let them run the offense, let them run the defense and not have to worry about, you know, how they're teaching, how they're coaching. But it's a collaborative effort and, you know, I want to be challenged by them and I think that that is going to help us become a better team. Sure, and not to just have this be a one-on-one -on -one with you right here, but I asked both Carolyn and Coach C about the dynamic at Penn State to have Sandy Barber as a female AD. And Penn State, going back to the 1960s with President Eric Walker, I think it was at the time, has had a long history of supporting and promoting female athletics. But to have that dynamic now where, I mean, you're in your, well, if you go back to the 70s, six different decades at Penn State, that's a pretty special thing to have. Yeah. And I'm not trying to age you, right? no. but that's a pretty special thing to have Sandy Barber and Lynn Holleran in the roles that they've held here within the athletic department. Yeah, absolutely. When Keeks said, like, we'll be talking about this 50 years from now, I don't think I'll be a part of that conversation. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, and, and ironically, Sandy was a field hockey player. Yep. You know, Sandy was a field hockey coach. And... Uh, Lynn, Lynn was, uh, you know, obviously a good basketball player and, and athlete in her own college career as well. So I think they get it. They get what we're going through. They, they understand, you know, some of the challenges that we have. But I think I'm proud of the both of them because they don't look at them. They, they look at themselves as I'm the athletic director. I'm the assistant athletic director. It's not a gender um, issue for them. And I think their leadership and the... Um, I would just say the vision, the fortitude that they've shown since they've been here, you know, especially with Sandy, knowing that she's, you know, looking to retire, I think it has been very meaningful and impactful. Well, I think that's a really good lead into my next question, because what you said there is they're just athletic directors. You don't view them as a female athletic director. So that's a big stride that's been made over the last 50 years of Title IX. What are the continuing challenges today that when you have your student athletes in meetings, that you talk about as you empower them to set up the next 50 years of females in college athletics? 
I think, you know, we, we talk a lot about in our program of, you know, continuing to pay it forward and, and push the needle. You know, it, we've come a long way, but we're nowhere near where we need to be. You know, um, you know shout out to the, to the USA women's soccer team for, you know, fighting for equal pay. And I think that puts um, everybody else on notice. And they've done such a phenomenal job not giving in and, and being relentless. Um, so obviously that I think media coverage is huge. I think there's been a lot in the last couple of years about equality between NCAA events and uh, accommodations. I think that's huge. I think awareness, getting out there and, and sharing the stories about um, whether it be, are, are we getting the same amount of media coverage on ESPN or um, national televised games, whatever it might be, social media presence. I think there's a lot of different areas where we have to continue to grow opportunities, awareness, um, and we have to do our parts. There's been so many trailblazers that have come ahead of us who have put us in our positions now. We have to do our part for the next generation to make sure this needle keeps getting pushed. In softball, I am so fortunate to be in this conference because I get to work alongside of some amazing coaches, and I, I have to give a, a special shout-out to Hutch, um, who's the Michigan coach, but... I'll tell you, everybody sees her on the field, but I, I am lucky because I get to see all the work that, that Hutch is doing behind the scenes, you know, and as far as, I think we've come a long way, and I'm sure Char would say that, but I, I, I do think we've, we've got such a long way to go, you know, when you talk about pay, when you talk about facilities, um, Keegs mentioned an opportunity, and, and this text message from Hutch and our Big Ten and our Big Ten um, text messaging group that we have, you know, even something as simple as baseball umpires are getting paid more than female umpires. So it's not only these big things that we're talking about, but it, it's little things like that that we're still trying to fight for, you know. So I, I think we, we will certainly have a long ways to go, but I'm thankful for, for how far we have come. And I think it's up to all of us and, and coaches. And, you know, I, I, I'm looking over here because Danny Faye is one of our former student-athletes. And, and I just have to give her credit, too. Um, I think Danny is paving her way in, in Penn State. And, and she's somebody who I look at, strong, confident woman. And I know whatever she's going to do in her life, she's going to be exceptional. But we need more of, of Danny Faye's out there. You know, young women who, who have a voice, who aren't afraid to speak up. Um, who are confident in everything that they do. And I think if, as coaches, if we can just keep having that type of impact on our student-athletes, you know, I'm excited for where we're going to be in 10, 15, 20, 50 years from now. Yeah, I, I just really talked to our players a lot about um, this didn't come easy for us. There are a lot of people that put a lot of blood, sweat, and tears and hard work into this fight. And that I think sometimes everybody just thinks, oh, well, everybody's going to get a scholarship. Just, you know, people want to throw their, their children into sports because they think that's their ticket to a college or that's their, you know, tuition fee or whatever. Where I say to our players, you know, it, it's just real important that you understand the inequities and you keep trying to fight for that. Again, like our salaries, they, they've got to get better. You know, again, shout out to the women's soccer team because they just kept fighting. And when you, our players 
can look at those women that have kept fighting for that equality. You've, you've got to do that. That's your, that's, that's your expectation. That should be your job. That should be your purpose. That should be your motivation to make it better for those that come after you. And I think sometimes right now there's just so much. You look at NIL, you look at Austin, you look at these different um, programs that are like filtering money towards them. Yeah. But you still need to fight, not for yourself, for the whole cause of women's athletics. We need more scholarships for our athletes in college. We need more kids on scholarship. That's what we need. And I think that they have to understand how to, how to find that inequity and how to keep fighting for it. Because I think we're pretty, pretty fortunate here in a way, but they also, I think, it, it absolutely can be better. One of the common words that I've heard throughout this discussion is impact. And I know one of the reasons all three of you get into coaching is because you want to impact young people and help them lay a foundation for the rest of their life and prepare them for a lifetime of success and excellence. And I know that's a phrase that's used often here. So it's probably a hard thing to ask and reflect on in just a moment, but what do you hope the impact that you've had, each of you three, on your student athletes is? And I know it's hard to do as you're still actively coaching. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think for me, I want, I want my student athletes to leave our program confident, strong, and independent. And I want them knowing that whatever they choose to do in life, that their experience in our program has prepared them for that. But I think for me, the two biggest things is I want them to be strong. I want them to be strong. I want them to be courageous. And I want them to have their voice. And from the athletes that I've had in my program, so many of them, they aren't confident when they come in. You know, they're, they're apologetic um, I don't know how many of my kids I tell, okay, you cannot say you're sorry anymore. That is, I'm done with, I'm sorry, you know. So, but yeah, so I think that's the, the biggest thing for me is, is they can leave our program and, and I can help them gain their voice and, and build that confidence in themselves as a person. That's what matters the most to me. I think mine has changed throughout the years. I think uh, when I first became a head coach, my answer probably would have been to teach them to be the best versions of themselves in anything that they do. And obviously that's still up there in the forefront, but I, I want to take it one step further now. I want them to, to obviously that, that should be the, a given, you know, be the best version of yourself in every walk of life. The next thing that I would love to teach them to lead them with is to demand that they, for the rest of their life, demand people around them to be their best selves too. Teach them how to hold others accountable, whether that's their family, their loved ones, their coworkers, whatever it might be. And I think that's our next step as women is to, hold everybody else to the same standard we do and, and not have to apologize for that. The confidence piece, I want them to leave here being confident, knowing that they, they're prepared, that Penn State has prepared them for their career, that I've prepared them, given them that opportunity to um, study abroad, given them that opportunity to mispractice maybe in the off season because they're an engineering major, that, that they've been prepared to go out into the world in a career that they have, they're passionate about. Be passionate about what you're doing. The other thing is just be grateful. Be grateful for, you know, you've had this opportunity, a special opportunity at Penn State. Again, share that experience with those around you. But I think it's just like simple things with, with the, the world today. Be kind, you know, be forgiving. Those types of things. Understand that you're going to go through challenges. Try... Try to find that time for yourself where you allow your brain to breathe. Like, 
get that life balance. Like for me, I, I, I've talked about this a lot. I find my, my time to get away on vacation after the season because I think it's real important. Like, you know, this college culture has become like 365 days a year. And that's just not healthy for anybody. It's just not healthy for anybody. And I think that's, even for my players, it's like, hey, you're going away for the summer. Take this time off. Have fun with your friends and family. You know? but, but when you leave here, just be grateful for the opportunity that Penn State gave you to get an amazing education. Meet some people, maybe not you know, your professors, other people on campus that have impacted your life. And Shar, I know, I think this is the perfect way to wrap it up because what Penn State has meant to you and what you have meant to Penn State has a real state of significance here. These are two coaches who I know have learned it really fast through their first couple of seasons at Penn State. But what does being at Penn State and the opportunities it has presented mean to yourself throughout your career and all the student athletes that you've had the ability to impact? It's just so emotional because I know that my life would not be what it is today had Penn State not given me the opportunity, uh, not just to come here as an athlete, but to come back um, to be a leader for this program. Uh, I just, again, I, I can't express enough gratitude for the people like, you know, like the Jillian Rattrays uh, that have helped me become a coach that I want to be, that I'm passionate about. And, I, you know, I, I'm in awe of the younger coaches here because I just see their passion. I see their hard work. It's so different. It's so different from when I was their age coaching. Um, and, and I worry about them, that, that they need to get a little same thing, time to themselves and pat themselves on the back because they're, they're doing a tremendous job. They're doing a tremendous job. And I'm really proud when I hear that we have nine women's coaches. When I sit in those, our head coaches meetings, I look around at the women, who are the women, where are we getting another woman into our program? You know, so, you know, just getting back to it, I, I just can't um, say thank you enough to Penn State. And I can't say thank you enough to the three of you. I mean, this was awesome. Awesome. Learned a lot. Hopefully our audience learned a lot from this, but also to hear your stories, how you're able to achieve what you have already throughout your careers. And know all three of you are going to continue to achieve great things. And Penn State's very fortunate to have each of you. So thank you so much for your time today and appreciate you taking the time to share that with our audience as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you. Thanks. Thank a lot you. of fun. We are. Penn State. <laughs> Let's go state. The official podcast of Penn State Athletics.